Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. It is time to get caught up with the cards. This is your Believe in St. Louis Cardinals podcast, part of the Believe Podcast Network. I'm your host, Jason Kurtz. Episode 15 from us today. And on the show, birds on the bat, their deadline deals were they duds. Jack Flaherty is progressing, but will it be too late? And yet another milestone for Molina. But before we get to all that, we'll start as we always do. Nuts and bolts, sort of, uh, you know, where we're at at this point. The Cardinals, 53 wins, 52 losses, 105 games down, 57 still to play. And they are one game over 500. St. Louis, third place in the NL Central, 6-4 and four in their last 10. And they trail the first place Brewers from Milwaukee by a full 10 games. The Cardinals also six and a half games out of the second wild card position. So, you know, where do we go from here? Are we packing it in and looking ahead to next year? Are we still in the mix fighting for the postseason? You know, they're not horrible, but they're not in the playoffs right now. So kind of caught in this awkward middle spot. And, you know, often you can tell what a team wants to do, what their future looks like, how competitive they think they can be in a given season by what the team does at the trade deadline. More specifically, are the Cardinals going to be buyers or sellers at the trade deadline? That was the question, and we got our answers. But you know what? Not incredibly clear. You know, were they buyers? Were they sellers? They were casual shoppers, okay? They were more comfortable spending their time at the dollar store and TJ Maxx. They weren't hitting up Hermes and East St. Laurent. Um, so at the deadline, the Cardinals got older, and they got decidedly more lefty-ish. They pick up two pitchers, John Lester from the Nationals, J.A. Happ from the Twins. So fun note on J.A. Happ. It's James Anthony Happ. So you think J.A. Happ, that's how he writes it, but no, that is not how he says it. He goes by J. Happ. So the J and the A become J. I'm telling you this in case you you bump into him in a Cardinal sports bar somewhere in downtown St. Louis, and you want to hit him with the, what's up, J.A. Happ? No. Niche, niche. That is incorrect. It would be, what's up, J.A. Happ? Frankly, for me, he can go by whatever he wants if he helps the Cardinals win ball games. So trade deadline cards get two left-handed pitchers. You know, the rotation, the pitching staff as a whole has been decimated by injuries. So they needed arms. They needed guys that could eat innings. John Mazalek went out, and he got Hap, and he got Lester. Here's what Mazalek had to say about the team's moves around the deadline. Quote, we wanted to try to do it in a way that we wouldn't be giving up a lot of future talent. That was something that was sort of critical in our decision-making. Needless to say, today, and this was Friday, we felt like we took a couple of steps forward without having to sacrifice our future. So, you know, I understand what he's saying. Didn't want to leverage any stud pieces they have further down the organization didn't want to trade away any prospects but still need to get through this year and not quite ready to you know mail it in I, I don't I don't know Let, let's take a look at the Cubs for example okay arch rivals of the Cardinals and they dump Javi Baez Chris Bryant Anthony Rizzo and Craig Kimbrell obviously cornerstones of that franchise especially the first three guys were on the team that won it all and ended the curse a few years back 
Um, you know, so if you're a Cubs fan, that's upsetting. You see all those guys leave. You break up the whole squad. But the message was at least clear. This isn't our year. This isn't our time. We're going to build for the future. We're going to use these guys as trade bait. We're going to get stronger, and we're going to look ahead. You know, so at least the Cubs know where they stand. The Cardinals feel a little bit like they're caught in no man's land. Um, you know, Mazalik reacted uh, to, you know, the moves that the Cubs made. And he said this, you have one team that's turned the page now to 2022. And there's a few of us that are still worried about 2021. So Mazalik obviously thinks that the Cardinals can at least compete in 2021. He says, hopefully we can get on that run and make a little noise in the central. Well, if there's a run to be made, the Cardinals cannot continue to just play 500 baseball. You're not going to run down a team or close a 10 game gap or make a wild card run um, by playing 500 baseball, which is pretty much what they've done to this point. Like I said, six and four in their last 10, their game up above 500 right now, but they've been discounting the beginning part of the season when they were pretty hot and in first place, they had a disastrous June. And ever since win one, lose one, win two, lose two. Very mediocre, very average, very right down the middle. And I guess in a sense, you know, those moves at the trade deadline bear it out. You know, not making a big splash with Hap and Lester. Lester, meanwhile, starts tonight um, versus the Braves in the start of that series. And if you feel like it's uncomfortable seeing Lester in a Cardinals uni, um, it's not just you. It's it's uncomfortable. This is a guy that just demolished the Cardinals when he was with the Red Sox in 2013 in the World Series. He won twice, gave up only one earned run, pitched 15 in the third innings, beat Adam Wainwright twice, and then he went over to the Cubs. He was a guy there that you just pretty much love to hate because, you know, Cubs. However, you know, there's a long list of great players that started their careers in other places. Landed with the Cardinals, did great things. Lance Berkman came over from the Astros. Scott Rowland was with the Phillies. Edgar Renteria, the Braves. Dennis Eckersley. Hey, Ozzie Smith started with the Padres, okay? And as good as the Wizard was in St. Louis, he still made the best play of his life in San Diego. His rookie year. I just watched the highlight again on YouTube because I wanted to see if it was exactly as I remembered it, and I actually heard him talk about it. There's a ball hit up the middle. The wizard ranges to his left and dives and extends his glove hand. Here's the problem. On the play, and go look it up if you haven't seen it, but on the play, the ball hits a pebble on the infield. It changes the entire trajectory of the baseball. Smith has no choice but to reach back behind him with his bare hand. He palms the ball, scrambles to his feet, and gets the runner at first base. Just an insane play, and he made great plays for years and years to come in St. Louis. But my point being... You know, there's lots of great players that land in St. Louis when their careers start elsewhere. Will John Lester do in St. Louis what he did in Boston and Chicago? Or will he make an impact like Smith did after he came over from San Diego? No. But his job right now, simply be dependable, be consistent. It's very much a Band-Aid solution here in 2021. Lester and Hap give the Cardinals four lefties in their rotation, and they're they're old lefties. This is a rotation right now while they, you know, wait for some guys to get healthy that's decidedly left-handed and decidedly ancient. Kwang Young Kim, he's the only guy that's been on the club the whole season, and he's the young guy, 33. 
And then uh, you got Hap, who's 38, Lester, 37, and Wade LeBlanc, who joined the club. He'll be 37 in four days. So we're waiting for righties. We're waiting for health. Uh, in the meantime, Hap, Lester, the rest of those guys, they need to eat innings, keep the ship afloat until the help arrives. And that help will hopefully come in the form of Miles Michaelis and Jack Flaherty. Speaking of Jack, is Jack nearly back? Well, eight weeks ago, he exited a start with the Dodgers, had that left oblique strain. Tuesday night, uh, back on the mound, Triple A Memphis, his first time pitching in a game since leaving the Dodger game. Two scoreless, one hit, struck out three of the seven that he faced. So he threw 31 pitches in the game, then another 14 in the bullpen session. Uh, Mike Schilt, after the game, he felt good Afterwards, Schilt said of Jack Flaherty. I texted him really quickly. Good start for him, obviously. How he recovers, I'm not sure. But he felt good afterwards and was pleased. Flaherty goes again in a rehab start tonight for the Memphis Redbirds at the Durham Bulls. You got to love minor league baseball. Memphis Redbirds, Durham Bulls, Bull Durham, Kevin Costner, Susan Sarandon. Love to see it. Uh, Memphis Redbirds, that's AAA affiliate of the Cardinals, and that's where Flaherty is making his Rehab starts. Miles Michaelis, meanwhile, will also make a second rehab start this week. Right forearm tightness. Michaelis and Flaherty, they still will not be options for the big boys, for the big club, until mid-August at the earliest. So a few more weeks there. Remember, on the season, Flaherty's 8-1. and one. He hasn't pitched since May 31st. Michaelis, he's pitched a grand total of 1, 2, 3, 4. Yep, that's it. Four innings. That's all he's thrown this year uh, before he had to leave a start again. Problems, right forearm tightness. So, Mike Les Flaherty, get those guys back. In the meantime, eat innings with the old lefties and try to, as John Mazalik put it, get competitive and make a run in the central. A guy who's been making a run for a long time and excelling in Cardinal uniforms for many, many years, Yadier Molina. And our boy had another milestone in his decorated career. Over the weekend, Cardinals beat the Twins 7-3. And during the game, Yadier Molina comes up with base knock 2,074 that passes his friend Albert Pujols and moves Molina into fourth all-time on the all-time hit list for St. Louis Cardinals. And Molina had a pair of hits Saturday to tie Pujols and then one more on Sunday off of now former teammate John Gant, who went to Minnesota in the Hap deal. Uh, so Molina gets the hit off of Gant and passes Pujols 2074. He's now at 2075. He's fourth in the all-time Cardinals hit list, as we said. So Stan Musial, 3630, 36, hits. Nobody's catching him, at least not anybody that's playing right now. Lou Brock, he's probably safe as well, 2713. I do not think that Molina has another 600 hits in him. Uh, Rogers Hornsby, he's third, 2,110 hits. So Molina's 35 back of him. I think that's catchable. It depends, uh, you know, what Molina does the rest of this season and if he plays into next year. But I think he could potentially catch Hornsby and move into third place. But for now, he passes Pulos. And remember, Yadier Molina is a defensive first player. Uh you just can't say enough about him. If you've listened to the podcast, you know how I feel about him. My father tells me I talk too much about Molina. Uh, you know, Scott from Philly says I talk too much about Molina. But I love him, 
I love him. I think he is the lifeblood of the team. I think we're going to miss him more than we know once he does retire. Uh, two rings. He's a 10-time All-Star. And after he passed Pujols, Pujols goes on Twitter and says, Congratulations to my little brother, Yadier Molina 4, for passing me on the Cardinals all-time hit list. Your hard work and dedication has paid off. Now, not only are you one of the premier hitters in baseball, but you are the greatest catcher in the game today and a future Hall of Famer. Pools then said, I look forward to spending some time together during the St. Louis series in September. We can celebrate in person. So, you know, class act move from Pujols. The guy's done enough himself. He doesn't have to worry about somebody passing him. His, uh, his legacy is cemented. And so is Molina's. Um, the Dodgers come to Bush. In September 6th, 7th, 8th, and 9th, expect uh, plenty of love between the Cardinal faithful and Albert. And, you know, if the relationship between the fans, if the moment between Yadi and Pujols is half as special as it was when the Angels came to Bush Stadium a couple years ago, then it should be absolutely sensational in September. And also, this is a potentially a series that could have some wildcard implications. But it will not be the biggest series of the month. We talked about this last time. The key games are going to come versus the Brewers. Ten times in September, three separate series, the Cardinals will play the Brewers. Right now, they trail them in the standings by ten games. So do the math right there. Play them ten times, down by ten games. If everything stays the same between now and them, the Cards win them all, and they're tied in the standings. Obviously, that's very unlikely. That's not how it would most likely play out. It would be much more preferable to see the Cardinals play a better brand of baseball over the next four, five, six weeks. And by the time they play Milwaukee, you know, maybe they can win each of those series and we'll see what's what. Pick up some ground now and then see what happens when we play them head to head. We could have a thrilling September in store, but not if the Cardinals don't play better than 500 baseball in August. Got to get to September 1st. Uh, have to have a fighting chance when you're there. That's why Mazalik added these two arms that we talked about, Happ and Lester. Again, Lester goes tonight versus the Braves. Eat some innings, keep the ship above water, get to September, play the Brewers 10 times. That's the recipe right now. Um, you know, and we'll have to see how it plays out. The season has been largely disappointing. There have been highs. Molina has provided some great moments. Wayno has been sensational as he nears 40 years old. Harrison Bader's been great. Uh, when he's been healthy, Tyler O'Neill is a star in the making. Arenado has been all that and then some, but as a whole, right now, you would have to hang a big old D on this season for disappointing. Frankly, going into the trade deadline, I wasn't sure what I was rooting for. You know, I didn't want to see them sort of mortgage the whole pipeline uh, in the minors to try to win this year because it doesn't seem like this is their year. I'm happy with the moves they made. They didn't, you know, sacrifice a whole lot. Um, but they wanted to stay competitive, and, and, you know, we'll see what's what. Speaking of what's what, uh, Believe Podcast, we have the best producers in the game, and they are working on getting us some guests for this podcast. We're hoping to hear from some folks that cover the club. Uh, there's plenty of outstanding outlets nationwide that cover the Cardinals, hoping to get some of those writers and personalities on this podcast. But in the meantime, you're stuck with me. Hopefully the next time we talk, we'll have a second voice to add to the show, and Add some more insight and context. But for now, I have one thing and one thing to say only. Hashtag go Redbirds. 
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.